The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll never has to with BetQL. Use promo code March30 for 30% off the entire year of BetQL. That's BetQL and the promo code March30. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season-long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise Kappa contest at PicksWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of Josh Rothstein, Rashard Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-takes-all $10,000 prize over at PicksWise.com. And finally, we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge operates like a stock exchange for the sports world. Pick the teams you like and have someone else buy the other side. Sign up at betteredge.com and use the promo code SGP for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com and the promo code SGP. The main event, one of the baddest heavyweight fights in a very, very long time. I'm the underdog. That's what betting line says, right? I'm used to being the underdog. I don't mind being the underdog because I like shutting people up. France is a guy who has the world record for the most powerful punch, which is equal to getting hit by a Ford Escort going as fast as it can. He's the most exciting challenger ever. Just began his martial arts training five years ago. I was very new in the sport. I didn't have as much experience. I was just going there to smash him like he was nobody. Oh, big right for Ngannou. Goodness gracious. Ford Escort, Ford F-150, I don't really care. I'm going to keep coming. Not to turn as he presses forward. I took the will out of him, and that's what I do. I will take the will out of you. What an amazing performance to overcome the storm and to fight the kind of fight you have to fight to beat a guy like Francis Ngannou. I love shutting people up because they have nothing to say. As a phenom, one in a million, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You lost. I love it. It's the best feeling in the world. Steve Amiotch is the greatest heavyweight of all time. No argument. Defending the title more than anybody ever. Defeated legends like Fabrizio Verdun, Junior Dos Santos, Alistair Overeem. Come on, has my heart. Have the most title defenses that fought former champions and beat them all. I'm the best. I always won every match. I did a lot of mistakes leading up to our first fight. And I know that for the rematch, I can fix them. Oh! Huge strike from Ngannou! Too much! Since our first fight, my striking has improved a lot. Oh, that's it! It's over! Rosen strike is out! Whoa! Ngannou! Out bad! My whole game has 
Maybe he got to his title fight a little early, but now he seems to be more than ready. I'm twice what I was skill-wise, experience-wise. Now it's time for the real match. He's been on a tear. He's been not hammering out again. He's gotten a lot better. Ain't nothing's gonna change though. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna dominate him again. He'll break again, and to be seen, I'll come in winning. Fans can expect to see a new version of me, a different approach, and a new champion. He's very dangerous, but so am I. Find out in 27 how dangerous I really am. Listen, I'm walking out, hand raised, now still wrapped in my waist, staying hand still. I'm gonna walk out, champ. Nothing's gonna change. I have to do what it takes to get what I want. I'm gonna become a heavyweight champion. Enjoy the bed where you stick on. You are listening to the fight show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. My Twitter account is at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also check out my website, lockbetting.com. I'm heading towards the 94th month of consecutive transparent track profit for my clients. Sign up on April the 1st to be a part of the 95th month. Tons and tons of sport in the month of April. We have the NBA. We're winning nearly every single night, coming off a massive night last night. We are delivering in the tennis. We are well back on track with the soccer over the last couple of months. If you've been listening to my soccer podcasts on the Soccer Gambling Podcast Network, you know what I've been doing there. We have UFC picks this weekend. We have boxing to cover as well. We're going to be covering boxing on this show because Povetkin and Dylan White also goes down this weekend along with UFC 260. And of course, we have WWE WrestleMania in April. The reason why I'm plugging April is because if you sign up for my Patreon this weekend, you will be charged for the entire month. However, some cappers charge more than me for a week than I do for an entire month. And I guarantee you, I do a lot better than them. I have 94 months of consecutive track profit. The pin tweet at SGP Soccer, my Twitter account, is always the previous month. But if you go to lockbetting.com, it's free to go and have a look at all of the spreadsheets across the 94 months that we deliver profit. And as I said, you can be a part of the 95th or you could just sign up for five days and be a part of the 94th. However, you will be billed for the entire month. So if you have that much faith in me and, and you should have given my results, then you can sign up for this weekend and just get the NBA, the international soccer, the boxing, the UFC, and get some futures for the Europa League and the Champions League. The futures show for the Europa League and the Champions League is dropping on the Soccer Gambling Podcast this weekend. It's a very, very important show. So I suggest you guys listen to that if you're not already checking out the Soccer Gambling Podcast. And if you are, please leave a review for the Soccer Gambling Podcast and we will be bringing those locks back for you this weekend. Locks went on hiatus for, for a few months until um, the show got back on track, until I stopped getting these um, these stupid tweets after being between 75 and 80% all these times. I had a little bit of a dip in December and uh, people unfortunately turned very, very quickly. And um, I said to you, I said, well, F you guys, we're going to take the locks away. If that's if that's going to be the reaction to that, then uh, we just have to give the leans. We're not obligated to give the locks. And if you want the locks back, show some appreciation and give the reviews. Well, we're almost there. We've had a load of reviews 
over the last month. Just need a few more to get over the line. It'd be much appreciated. And we'll bring the locks back on that Europa League and Champions League future show. Moving on to the fight show here, and we are covering the the main two fights at UFC 260, and then we are going to be looking at this uh, Dylan White Povetkin fight and looking at a couple of fights on the undercard there. If you want all of my plays for for everything from UFC and boxing this weekend, as I said, lockbetting.com is the place to go. But we're going to cover the main stuff here for you for free. And we will start with that main event at UFC 260, the rematch between Ngannou and Miocic. And last time, Miocic won relatively comfortably. Yet Francis Ngannou was a slight favorite and now is a stronger favorite than that. He is available at the worst price of four to six. And I'm seeing a best price here of eight to 11. Stipe Miocic is available at the worst price of evens. And at a best price of six to five to, to win this fight. So you can now get the guy who convincingly won the last fight as a six to five plus 120 underdog to do what he did last time. I can't work out why that is. I'm going to try and work it out here on the show for you guys. But before we do that, we'll break down some of the other odds here. Um, Method of Victory says that Miocic is 2-1 to one to win this via TKO KO. 16-1 via decision and a massive 5-1 to one to win via decision the same way that he won last time. Francis Ngannou is available at 10-11 to 11 to win this via knockout. Well, you may as well bet that instead of taking him on the outright market, which has moved to around about four to six, because he only has one route to victory, and that is knocking Miocic out in this fight, and probably doing it early in round one. More on that later. Submission odds 18 to one, and decision 14 to one. Looking at the round betting, Miocic in round one, seven to one, round two, 10 to one, round three, 12 to one, round four, 16 to one, and round five, 18 to one. Francis Ngannou is 23 to 10 to win it in round one, 11 to 2 round two, 18 to 1 round three, round four, 25 to 1, and 33 to 1 for round five. Um, I think for me, it has to be round one or or nothing. I, I think if this fight goes past that first round, then you have to be looking at Miocic winning the fight. I find it very, very difficult to see what exactly has changed from last time. And the situation going in, I think, is the same. It's round one in Garnu. Otherwise, it's Miocic for the rest of the fight. When we look at those round markets, um, under 1.5 and over 1.5 is where the 10 to 11, 10 to 11, minus 110 line is set here for this one. Uh, under two and a half rounds is available at one to two. Over two and a half rounds is available at six to four. Under 3.5 rounds is available at 1 to 4. Over 3.5 rounds is available at 5 to 2. Under 4.5 rounds here is at 1 to 6. And over 4.5 rounds here is at 7 to 2. And the fight to go to distance is available at 4 to 1 here in this one. And uh, considering Miocic is at 5 to 1 to win this on points, I think the bookies obviously agree. If this goes to points, Ngannou isn't going to have a chance. And that's probably because they are forecasting that he's only going to have one round in the bank. And that's going to be round one where he comes out and and, and goes for uh, Stipe's head. I mean, you heard there in the package, Ngannou hits uh, as hard as a car. But the fact is, is that he has to connect with you. And his gas tank is really only going to be full for one round. I don't understand this switch of odds. The last fight 
wasn't wasn't particularly close at all. It was a case of Miocic having good enough movement to avoid what Nganu had. And I don't think we're going to see any like digression here from Stipe Miocic. And yes, that people are all saying that Ngano has improved, and he has. But has he improved enough to have a incredible gas tank that can make this a fight past five minutes? I mean, he's going to be dangerous for five minutes, and he's the, the favourite here. And, and he's moving towards being a significant favourite here, already at four to six when at the start of the week, he was a narrow, narrow favourite at 5-6, to six minus 120, with Stipe, Stipe Miocic at even money. Well, well, that's not the case anymore, because the money is, is coming in on Nganu. Um, the, he's a 15-3 uh, fighter in MMA. He's 10-2 in the UFC. Um, he, he has spectacular knockouts on his record, which makes him easy to bet. He beat Garzino um, Rosenstruck in his last fight in just 20 seconds, and that was back in May. So he's only averaging 2.23 significant strikes per minute. Uh, that's because his strikes are so powerful, obviously, with a, with an accuracy of 37%. And I think that is the issue here against Miocic. Um, Nagano is only absorbing 2.03 strikes per minute, and um, his grappling isn't that great, but he does have a takedown defense of 71%. But against a wrestler like Miocic, when he fought him last time, he was taken down six times in the first fight. If that happens again, he'll lose again. Miocic, as we know, is 20-3 and three in MMA, 14-3 and three in the UFC. Uh, finished his trilogy with Cormier, beating him in August 2020 to regain this title. He has an average of 4.9 significant strikes per minute, so he's a lot more active than Nganu. And a striking accuracy of 52%. Again, more accurate. He absorbs 37.5% of his strikes and has a striking defense of 55%. And Miocic is also keen for a fight on the ground once again, averaging 1.92 takedowns per every 15 minutes. And his takedown accuracy may only be 34%, but this could still be a deciding factor here in this one, bearing in mind that he already took down Ngano six times in the last fight, and that becomes a lot easier for him to do as the fight goes on. I, as I said, don't think that much has changed here for these fighters. I cannot see what is going to go different. I understand it's scary, and the money's flying in, and I understand that Ngano is an absolute beast. If he just tags Miocic with, with half a punch. Miocic is going to be in trouble here, but I just believe Miocic is the more balanced fighter. He'll be able to control the fight just like he did in the, in the last meeting. He'll have enough movement when he's fresh to get out of this first round, and I'm not sure that Ngano has the gas tank to be dangerous after the first round. So for me, I'm going to play the underdog here. I'm going to play Stipe Miocic on the money line to win again. I don't need to pick out any kind of round or, or, or method of victory or anything when I'm already picking out the underdog. But if you do want something big, I, I don't see this playing out too differently. And I will be sprinkling a little bit on Miocic here to win this on points at 5-1. to one. I mean, look... This is this this is a fight where you could make money either way. You could take Francis Ngannou to win this in round one, and you'd be getting significant plus money there. Or you could take Miocic to win it on points or, or in the later rounds. I don't see Miocic stopping Ngannou here at any point in this fight. 
So um, unless, of course, it's in the later rounds where Ngannou is massively gassed. But I just see a fight where Miocic looks to to ride out the, the storm at the beginning and then begins taking him down to the ground. I don't see it being particularly exciting. And, and UFC need an exciting fight because they've not had a very good year this year. They, they want Ngannou to be the champion. There's no doubt in my mind that the best result for Dana White is for Francis Ngannou to be the champion. But unfortunately, I don't see that being the case. And it's a year of unfortunately for UFC. They did not want Israel Adesanya to lose. He was a cash cow. They wanted him to be the champ champ. They didn't want Conor McGregor to lose at the start of the year. Conor McGregor was supposed to fight three times this year. And as we know, that generates massive money for UFC each time with buy rates between 1.5 and 2 million he lost so it's not a very good year results wise I think that trend will continue here Miocic isn't particularly exciting he doesn't have a particularly big following he's not a particularly massive draw but on paper he is the greatest heavyweight of all time based on his record and the people he's taken out and he's done it over and over and over again as an underdog somehow he's not getting respect from from the UFC he's not getting respect here in the market he's not getting respect from the fans and he continues to to make people look foolish and I'm not going to go against Miocic again I went against him in the first fight I believe the hype behind Ngano but but looking at everything across the two years I don't really see what has changed here. So I'm going to take Miocic again on the money line here in this main event from UFC 260 tomorrow night. We will stick with UFC 260 here and we will cover the co-main event here between Vicente Luque and Tyrone Woodley, where Vicente Luque is the 2-5 favourite. It's 2-1 on Woodley. Vincente Luque is available at 11-4 to win this via TKO KO, 11-2 via submission and 13-8 via a decision. Tyrone Woodley is available at 5 to 1 via TKO KO, 18 to 1 via uh, submission, and 4 to 1 via a decision. Looking at the over unders here in this three round fight, it is available at 2 to 5 to go over 1.5 rounds and 2 to 1 to go under 1.5 rounds. The over 2.5 rounds is available at 4 to 6, with the under 2.5 rounds at 11 to 10. And it's 10 to 11, 10 to 11 for the fight to go the distance, yes and no. I recall when Tyrone Woodley was an unbeatable force in the UFC. He was winning all of his fights quite easily, but he was never quite the entertainer. It was a bit of a ball fest. Tyron Woodley would just win the rounds, grind out the rounds, wrestle you to death, grind you down to the mat. Wasn't particularly knocking people out, but he was retaining his title. And that justified his spot on pay-per-views and in the main event. He wasn't that entertaining, but he was getting the job done. Now he's co-main eventing this pay-per-view off the back of three losses. So it, it confuses me why Tyron Woodley is in this spot. I guess it's a um, it's a fight where they want to get Luke over here in this spot. Woodley is in a dangerous point in his career coming off those three losses. His last one came against Colby Covington back in September of 2020. That was a TKO KO loss in round five. Woodley's a fighter who averages only 2.33 significant strikes per minute with a striking accuracy of 48%. And he is absorbing 2.72 strikes per minute with a striking defense 
of 55%. Um, he also likes to grapple, as we just spoke about. He averages 1.8, uh, 1.08 takedowns per 15 minutes at a takedown accuracy of 40%, uh, and a takedown defense of 84%. Luke comes into this fight with a record of 19-7-1, 12-3 in the MMA, and he's coming off back-to-back TKO KO wins. The most recent was against Randy Brown in August 2020. He averages 5.72 significant strikes per minute. He's a lot more um, active than Woodley, but most people are. His striking accuracy is 53%. And because of the aggressive style that he has, he ends up absorbing 5.82 strikes per minute. And he has to be careful of that because that is a path to victory for Tyrone Woodley. Um, but but he has never lost in the UFC by a finish, interestingly, despite absorbing all of those strikes. Um, he's got decent grappling ability, averages 0.8 takedowns per 15 minutes um good takedown accuracy of 50 percent and a takedown defense of 64 percent um it's impossible to to back woodley here um with the losing streak he's on the numbers actually don't really indicate that luke is going to win this fight and and don't really justify his favoritism but i guess this is all about the losing streak i think once fighters hit this we, we then see a downward path, even if they are invincible at one point. We saw Jose Aldo never, never be the same. Henan Burrell, like we've seen it with loads and loads of people. You don't really come back for, from losing streaks. And it's questionable whether Woodley is on that path. But at the same time, um, I don't think Luke is going to be able to get get the finish here. I, I think that he will be able to just be more active than Woodley over the course of 15 minutes. And I think that will win him the fight. And that's why the favorite outcome here in the method of victory market is for Luke to win a decision. That makes sense to me. Um, we, if Woodley can be a little bit more active or if he can secure more takedowns and grind out rounds that way, the old school way, there is a route to victory to him. Plus, obviously, even though it's never happened to Luke before, with the amount that he does allow you to to strike him, um, Woodley can find that knockout punch at any time. But I don't think that's going to happen. I do think Luke wins this fight on points. But as there is a path to victory for Tyron Woodley to also win this with his grappling and, and takedowns, I would prefer to just take this fight to, to go the distance. It's 10 to 11, yes, and 10 to 11, no. And I'll be taking yes here in this one for the co-main event of UFC 260. Up next, we are going to move on to the boxing massive fight on pay-per-view tomorrow as Dylan White has his rematch with Alexander Povetkin. It's heavyweight boxing, you know, one punch can change everything. That is heavyweight boxing that can turn a fight, a career on its head. I know I can beat this guy 100%, but I just made a mistake. A massive fight for the career now of Dillian White to regain his number one position. I have a great spot. If you're going to get knocked out, you're going to get knocked out. This guy had hundreds of amateur fights. Olympic champion, European champion, world champion. I know exactly what I need to get the rematch. I'm going to knock Povetkin up. I'm definitely going to knock him up. Alexander Povetkin had tested positive for COVID. You know, with this guy having COVID, he's already delayed a fight once. We're going to hope and pray and see what happens. I'm ready. I'm training. You know, I'm in good shape. I'm in a good place mentally. And I'm ready to go. I said to him, what do you want this year other than world titles? And he said, I would like maximum violence. Yeah, the rematch tomorrow night. And we shouldn't really be having 
a rematch. It should have been a mandatory victory for, for Dylan White en route to a title fight. Povetkin is a fighter coming towards the end of his career. He's had a really, really good career. He's been at the top the entire time, but this looked like a fight too far. Dylan White won every second of every round. He put Povetkin down. He was en route to a stoppage, and then bang, bosh, knocked out with a disgusting punch. I mean, you have to look at this thing. It is absolutely devastating. It is a prime example of anybody having a puncher's chance because he was absolutely dominated and outclassed in that fight and he managed to land that, whether it was Dylan White being careless going in for the finish or, or, or what or what I don't know what you can really put it down to I mean action I mean watching it it speaks for itself what happened there and um, I just don't see that happening again for me I think Dylan White will be wary of that I don't think he'll go in too reckless I think he'll take his time I think he'll he'll follow the same game plan as last time and it was almost almost a perfect performance but almost can sometimes get you knocked out he only takes a second for for what happened to happen and as i said i encourage you guys to go and have a look at it on youtube and uh, i just don't see it happening again based on how the the fight was going up to that point dylan white despite losing is the one to three favorite here. That's very, very odd. We're covering two major fights in two different sports. And the guy that lost last time is the favorite. And in this case, White is a significant favorite. But this one makes a lot more sense to me. And um, I am picking a change of result here from the last fight. And here's why. Not just because he's the one to three favorite. There'll be reasoning behind that. Um, Povetkin is at five to two here. White is available at four to six to get the TKO KO, seven to two via decision. Povetkin at three to one via TKO KO, which is the way one last time. And 12 to one via a decision. When you're breaking down the uh, the over under markets here, um, if I can find them, over six rounds is available at four to eleven. So that's so that's the fight to be the six round or over. So that's actually over five rounds is at four to eleven. So six round or over, which means that any th- if the fight finishes in the sixth or over. So you've navigated the first five minutes. You cash that bet there at four to 11. Seventh round or over. That means anything after the sixth round. If seventh round starts, anything past that point, that is available here at eight to 15. The eighth round or over is available at 10 to 11. So that's your 10 to 11, 10 to 11 marker for seven rounds to be boxed and the eighth round to start. So if it ends in the eighth round or over, that's your 10 to 11, 10 to 11 marker. It didn't get there last time. Uh, Povetkin managed to, to land that punch. And if he hadn't, White was on the way to winning anyway. So a little bit wary of that. Um, under nine rounds here is available at eight to 11. And over nine rounds, ninth round or over is available at 11 to 10. Under 10 rounds is available at one to two with 10th round or over at six to four. Under 11 rounds here is available at four to 11 with 11th round or over here available at two to one. And for this fight to go the distance, it's available at three to one and it's one to four that it does not go the distance. Looking at the group round betting here, group round section A um, is divided into four sections, rounds one to three, four to six, seven to nine, and 10 to 12. And white is available at seven to one, rounds one to three, 
four to one rounds four to six, nine to two rounds seven to nine, and seven to one rounds ten to twelve. Povetkin in rounds one to three, sixteen to one, rounds four to six, twelve to one, rounds seven to nine, twelve to one, and twenty to one, rounds ten to twelve. If we we're going to skip a few of these and just go to the the wider rounds here because I think they're the ones that are the most commonly bet. Dylan White rounds one to six available at five to two. Dylan Wright round seven to twelve at nine to four. Povetkin to do what he did last time between round one and six is available at eight to one, and he's the same price to do it in rounds seven to twelve. So for me here, the, the, the golden area I think is white rounds seven to twelve, but I will be a little bit wary of rounds five to six. I think he'll take his time. I think he'll implement the same game plan. I think he'll be measured and care, much more careful not to not to take that 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 shot on the chin because obviously you you can see where that complacency comes from he was so so dominant and he was just searching for for that knockout whilst he had Povetkin hurt he didn't want to get into a situation where Povetkin recovered from the damage and uh, just coasted to a points victory but I obviously, I bet he wished he had. I bet he wished he wasn't in a situation where he was having this fight. Obviously, Dylan White wants this fight and asks for this fight because he wants to redeem himself before he wins it and moves on to, to other to other potential fights. He wants to fight Ruiz. He wants to fight Dante Wilder. Obviously, Joshua and Fury are out of the question at the moment after finding that after signing that two fight deal to fight each other. So. Um, Dylan White knows where his bread is buttered and he knows that there are still money fights for him outside of Joshua and Fury and I think Dante Wilder is the big one but you absolutely have to win this fight I mean this is a career ender two losses to Alexander Povetkin who's touching 40 is going to be a career ender for Dylan White it's all on the line for him tomorrow night but I think he will come through I think he will win this fight I'm not going to overcomplicate things yes I do think that that if I was forced to pick something bigger, that White gets it done between rounds 7 to 12. But I think the safest way to bet this is to just take Dylan White to do what he was on the route to doing and what he should have done last time. And that's winning by TKO KO. And that's available at 4 to 6, minus 150 here in this one. The second biggest fight on this undercard tomorrow night is between James Metcalf and Ted Cheeseman. I'm surprised here to see Metcalf as only the four to six favourite. Cheeseman's available at eleven to eight. Method of victory sees Metcalf knock out five to two and thirteen to eight on points, whereas Cheeseman seven to one by TKO KO and two to one via a decision. Metcalf comes into this with a twenty-one and O record, although that is very padded. I think Cheeseman is the best guy that he has fought. Although Cheeseman is a bit of an underachiever here. I think bigger things were expected of Cheeseman. Um, he hasn't really delivered. He hasn't moved on to that world scene. Comes into this with a 16-2 and 1 record. Was lucky to get that get that draw last time out um, against Kieran Conway at York Hall back in June. So this one for me is, is just a case of... Um, Metcalf just continuing to to do what he has done and being able to step up to this level because, as I said, the big cheese hasn't delivered multiple times. He likes to go out there and have a tear-up and he definitely delivers entertaining fights. And um, he's a live underdog here for sure. But the fact is, is that Metcalf coming into a twenty-one with a twenty-one and zero record, I don't think they would have taken this fight if they didn't think that he could step up. And um, I, I just see a Metcalf win here tomorrow. Ted Cheeseman hasn't really delivered, 
at, at, at the top level. Um, he, he wasn't supposed to have two losses on his record here at this point, and uh, I don't think he's going to be the guy to to put the first one into James Metcalf's record. So I think this is a relatively solid bet. Uh, one thing I will say, though, Cheeseman, in all of these battles, he's taken a lot of punishment and dished out a lot of punishment as well. He hasn't been knocked out. He's able to take a punch. So despite the fact that Metcalf has got these 13 KOs in his 21 wins and has had a lot of KOs as of late, Ted Cheeseman is a difficult opponent to knock out here. So I'm looking for James Metcalf to win it on points. I do think he'll be able to make this step up here against Ted Cheeseman. But this will be an interesting fight regardless. I don't think it's going to be any kind of um, huge landslide here. Where, um, where where Metcalf is convincing and is completely outclassing uh, Ted Cheeseman here and it's a complete mi- mismatch. I just think that this isn't a step too far for Metcalf. I think he'll be able to step up for Cheeseman to Cheeseman and I don't think Cheeseman is as good and hasn't turned out to be as good as people expected him to be. So Metcalf on points here in this one at 13 to 8. One last fight I want to look at here on this card is um is an interesting one because I'm sure US US guys will be familiar with um with Ricky Hatton. Well, Ricky Hatton's son Campbell Hatton fights tomorrow, makes his boxing debut, looks exactly like his dad. Uh, if you guys remember, Ricky Hatton went in unbeaten against Floyd Mayweather. They were both unbeaten back in 2007. Really, really good fight with Mayweather. I think cementing his legacy. I think that's the night he really entered the conversation as being one of the greatest ever. And obviously from there went on and remained undefeated, which included uh, schooling Manny Pacquiao and Canelo Alvarez before, um, I think he's retired now, which we're not too sure. Depends if he needs any more money, he'll come back for for another easy payday against uh, another clown like Conor McGregor possibly. But he is retired anyway. But but Campbell Hatton is Ricky Hatton's son. He makes his debut here. He's the 1-100 to favourite. 1-8 to via knockout and 7-2 via decision. His opponent, Jesus Ruiz, is 16-1 to to beat him. Jesus Ruiz has never won a fight here. This is the um, dictionary definition of a tomato can. And I look for Campbell Hatton to win this convincingly. He is available at 6-4 to four to win this in round one. And I actually think there's value there. If you're the son of Ricky Hatton and you've been signed up by Eddie Hearn and this is your showcase debut, you're not going to go in there uh, unless you're ready. And you're going to be the a pretty, a pretty, not a finished article, but you're going to be pretty ready for this stage. And I think going up against an 0-10 fight, this is a tomato can. Three minutes are a long time when the golfing class is going to be this much. He's gone in, he's been put in there to win. He's going to look good and I think he is going to get this done inside one round. The second round is available at 9-4, to four, but I think you can disregard round 3, 6-1, to one, round 4, 12-1, to one, all the points decision here at 4-1. to one. I think rounds 1 or 2, but I don't see it getting past the first round. As I said, in boxing, when the golfing class is that big, 6-4 to four is a... Um, Three minutes and six, three minutes is a long time and six to four does give you some significant value. And I think this is going to be a showcase for Campbell Hatton to get a nice debut win here under matchroom boxing. So that concludes this edition of the fight show. As I said, over at the Soccer Gambling podcast this weekend, I will be putting out the future show for the Champions League and Europa League. So make sure you check that out. But from me, good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.